It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. Right now, inside out, searching for a sweet surrender, but this is not the end. I can't work it out. How going through the motions, going through us. For the longest time And all of my hopes All of my words I roll over Written on the signs When you're on my road Walking me home Home, 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 home Welcome to another edition Of Orlando Lions Den Podcast I'm your host Jason J.J. Jose And with our other two co-hosts My other two co-hosts uh, we got Alex the Swag Brown. What's going on, my man? What's happening? Uh, I'm still kind of trying to get over <laughs> over Sunday night. Uh, you know, I always like am sarcastic about having tears, I guess. But uh, it was like the, probably the closest I've ever been to actually actually crying after a loss. It was a mess, just like our song. It was a mess. Eddie, what's happening, my man? I'm I'm sat in post Malone right now. I'm just just falling apart inside. I'm numb. I don't know what to feel. I mean, who loses like that? I mean, it's it's you can't even script something like that. It's it's insane, and and so many things just keep happening to us. We get kicking the nuts, and then you know, I don't know. Someone steals our shoes and takes our wallet. And then our wife leaves us. Literally. And then our dog dies. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's just falling on top. So I don't even know what to think or feel anymore. It's just sad. I remember uh, like four weeks ago, I said that like it can only go up from here. I, God, I look like the biggest <laughs> jackass. <laughs> Listen, I hear our season preview one. Imagine how we sound now. Well, uh, I sounded okay. I mean, oh, the only one that, you know predicted Philadelphia in the playoffs and Orlando being right there on seventh or eighth, you know, fighting and which they still are. If you think about it, uh, yeah. let's talk well, about the generous. game. First off, <laughs> let's talk about the game, but first let's thank our uh, sponsors. Um, Eddie. Yeah. Field we turf? Get, yeah. We have field turf USA. They're the parent company Tarquette. Um, they do fields of uh, pitches worldwide. Um, they do, a lot of the ones in MLS and some of the major clubs in the world. Glad to have them on board. Great sponsors, great people. Obviously, as they say, grass is best, but not every place can have a great grass service, grass surface like we do. So that's the next best best thing is field turf. All right, and Casey's Sports Bar and Grill. Even though we are not there tonight, uh, but they are one of our sponsors and. When we do go back, um, guess what? They're there for us. They're always there for us. Uh, Let's talk about the game recap against D.C. United and Wayne Rooney's team. What did you guys think with the man down? Was Higuita? Was that a red card? Did that deserve to be a red card? We go a man down. We played played great, I think, with the 10 guys. Uh, We had opportunities. Um, 
and they had Wayne Rooney, and we I think we were able to stop him. Bendick, you know, when he came, on my opinion, when it came time for Bendick to play and do some saves, uh, didn't look very good. He did pass the ball out. He was playing from the back a lot, I noticed. You know, he's taking that uh, Earl Edwards approach. Uh, but overall, you know, we got screwed there at the end. And basically, uh, that's basically it. Uh, and Alex, what did you think about the game? Well, the, first of all, the Hagita thing, uh, that's, that's extremely frustrating to me. Um, he was playing, he was playing well to be, to begin the game and overall looked great. You know, I always like to think if Higita's running pretty well, doing well, then that means the midfield's going well and that gives us a good chance to win. Um, but he got the red card, and I think it was soft. Uh, I'm not afraid to shy away from that. I don't think it was deserved by the letter of the law. Oh, hands to face. No, no. Uh, I think that's a natural movement. You know, he's he's hip to hip with the guy. He's just trying to get clear of him. Um, you know, almost looked like a dive to me, too. But overall, that's just identical play as to what happened in the World Cup who, like you said, J.J., was uh, refed by Mark Geiger, who's pro-referee. So they already literally set the precedent of what their main man uh, wants to do in that situation, and they give us the red card. To me, a total joke, uh, a total screwing by VAR or by Pro there again. Um, I really couldn't understand it at at the time. I was impressed with how we played with, with 10 men. You know, obviously... You don't like to go down a man, especially in the midfield, because then you got to go and make adjustments or play play down a man in, in the midfield. It's, we were looking great, too. We were, we were having solid possession. But uh, overall, I mean, I think it was a soft call on Higuita. Um With Will Johnson, I, I will n- literally never, ever, ever forgive Will Johnson. Like, Will Johnson will have to do the miraculous and become Cristiano Ronaldo over the next whatever how many games we left for me to respect him ever again. Otherwise, for me, he's got 10 games left with this club, and that's it. Because no way I see him renewing next year after what he what he just did there. You have an open net. To me, it's like the J.R. Smith thing from the finals. Like I don't know if you just didn't realize that the keeper was up, or if if you didn't you didn't pick up your head, you didn't know it was an open net. If you didn't want to kick it with your left foot, um, I don't know. There's plenty of things that can go wrong. You could say Acosta tripped Pino, which he did. That's terrible and all, but I still don't care. You still should have at least tied, if not won the game. That's an every other. Every team that's going to make the playoffs in MLS this year would have turned that into a goal, period. Would have made D.C. United pay for their mistake because that's what it was. It was a mistake when they brought the goalkeeper up and we would have made it. And every other team that's going to make the playoffs would have made him pay, but we didn't. And that's just, that's that's how we've been all season. Uh, like you were stating, Will Johnson has 10 games basically left with Orlando City. I think that was his last game, in my opinion. Um I don't think he will be playing anymore and maybe not even be on the 18. I personally think um, Yuri Rossell, I think, had his best game so far to date um, on this. Um, Eddie, tell us your thoughts about the game that uh, occurred on Sunday. Well, a couple couple things I want to um, touch on. Yeah, Acosta did foul Pino, and maybe Will Johnson would have seen him. 
But he just boots it forward. We we run it down, and we scored. I mean, it's just inexcusable. It's just poor soccer IQ. I thought he was a veteran who's a smart guy in the right position who does who makes the right play, does the simple things. The simple thing in soccer is if the goal is empty, you kick it into the goal. If you have an advantage and you're being covered, you pass it to people who aren't covered. Those are simple, basic soccer things, and Will Johnson failed at that. I think he's going to play next week because we have Yoshi out again, and Nikita's probably going to get. I wouldn't be surprised if Disco gives him a second red card or like a second game for that. So we'll probably see him again, and then hopefully after that we'll see him again in Orlando with the Seawolves because that's where his level of play has been lately, at least based on that. Um, and plus the, the Pino trip, it was behind the ref. I don't think he would have seen that, and they would have played advantage anyways. Um, if, if he, to, to his, I mean, if he couldn't see the wide-open MLS regulation size net, there's no way he's going to see an indoor <laughs> soccer net. That's way smaller. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't know how, how useful side, side and backwards passes are in indoor soccer. Um, in regards to Igita, I thought he, he played well, but I'm going to defer or a little bit. Not defer, I'm sorry. I'm going to... Um, have a slightly different opinion here in regards to the red card. Do I think it was soft? Yes. Do they? Do I think they they can they can clearly state it was intentional? No, no, they can't. Do I think he needed to come across the guy's body and put his arm up like that? No, he he that to me. Christian Gita is a guy who generates a lot of fouls, right? He he's he. This is something I've harped on before about how certain cultures play football a certain way. Right, and when Aguita's in trouble, he widens his stance and he, he sticks his butt on and falls over to get a foul. Right, Assad is Argentinian. Right, they they dive, they they fall all the time. Um, so this was just a, a match uh, of both kind of like slightly dark arts, kind of dirty play by Aguita, where he 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 kind of did a swim move to move him, which 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 with his arm chicken winged out like that, clipped him in the in the face. Assad sold it like he got shot by. By that that sniper movie, um, by the sniper from the sniper movie, that um, that w- that was famous, <laughs> and uh, and then he he laid on the ground like like it was the end of the world. He did it to PC. PCs looked more violent, but when do you ever see the same guy generate two straight reds um, against the same team? And remember the PC uh, foul where he was on the ground, and then he was he went to the sideline and was laughing and was smiling. Assad did the same thing. He got us again. He punked us. Igita should have known a little better and known that you, you can't get away with things like that with Assad. The guy's probably annoying. He wanted to give him a little nudge to show him he's there, and, and he didn't get away with it. Just like in, in anything when you have optics or narratives or, or whatever and there's bias, right, you have to be cognizant of the bias that's against you. Orlando City gets the no benefit of the doubt ever when it comes to pro, to VAR, to disco, to MLS. So we have little margin of error. You can't shake and wing your elbow up there and uh, to a guy like Assad who's a known diver and expect to get away with it. That's what I think. Was it soft? Of course. Did he, did, did he bust his face like that? No, not at all. But but just everything in a nutshell, us being Orlando, us wearing purple, you just can't get away with things like that. So I'm, I'm, that's what I think. So, yeah, that's what I think about that. I just don't want to hear anything about uh, Higita being a dirty, they're dangerous player or a risk for our team or a liability for our team. I mean, I literally cannot stand 
when people say that because you all you are saying, you might as well write in your comment, I don't understand soccer. I have no soccer IQ. That's what you might as well type. Because if you honestly think Higuita is a liability for this team, you literally you don't understand you don't understand soccer. You just don't get it. I mean, I mean, for some styles of play, especially our style of play, he's really ne- he's really necessary. And in MLS, he's fantastic to have. That's Higuita's third red card in four years. He's not a red card generating machine. There's plenty of more dangerous players in the league. He does what he's supposed to do. That red card was soft. I mean. Higuita, for if you're gonna sit there and type in your comment that he's a liability, just just I mean, that to me, you might as well just go. I'm a casual fan and I only see from I I I don't understand soccer. Do people uh, not know Pepe, Sergio Ramos? Those are guys are dirty players, and I mean they're the best defenders in the world. You know, uh, not saying that Higuita's the best uh, player in the world, but he's playing. He, to me, that was not a red card. And like I said during our uh, conversation during the game, you know, uh, Ronaldo did worse, if you ask me. He knew that he, he was going to get that guy and get in front of him and, and elbow him, you know. And Mark Geiger went to the VAR. What did he end up getting? A yellow card in that game, you know, which should have been if you're going to give Agita, who's running, basically, and just lifts his arm up to try to get past the guy. Hassad, if you look at him, doesn't fall directly to the ground. After Agita passes him is when he goes, oh, crap, Agita's passed me. Let me fall now and hold my face. And then what's up with the uh, Acosta tripping, you know? Yeah, isn't it amazing how they they took the five minutes to – for that figure out the Higita tiny Nick, but they didn't take any time to actually look at Acosta doing the most obvious miss foul of the year. Yeah. Talk about dirty. Yeah. You know, and why didn't we get that stopped? That would not, I'll bet you the goal would not have counted then because that would have been a foul prior to the goal. Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah. I think that foul, they would have played advantage and I don't know if it would have made a difference, but if Disco is just, then they're definitely going to give him something, you know, Acosta deserves something for a blatant, dirty, dirty trip. Um, now what I was saying about the, the Iguita and Ronaldo comparison is context. Ronaldo's Ronaldo is the world cup. And my uh, Geiger's MLS ref, you already have a terrible reputation. He's not going to give Ronaldo a red card. Orlando city gets no breaks whatsoever. And we have to play according. We have to play like that. We have to play like we're walking on eggshells, unfortunately, until things change. We could say, oh, screw it. We'll just play the way we play. And then we keep getting red cards. So I, I, I think it's smarter Sox. that way. But, but to me, that's like part of the problem, though. Like, like if you're not exactly. going to be consistent, every, like if in football, like, yeah, you have what the catch idea that or in, in American football, you have like the, the, the receiving catch. That's like the only thing. But most of the, the rules are laid out for the review. For this review, you have to be consistent. If it's an unintentional elbow to the face while while making movement toward the ball, then it's just a yellow card. That's it. It's it, Unless you can deem it intentional, 100% intentional elbow. That's the only way it should be a red card. That's what I, I agree with, that, that whether or not this was a clear and obvious or an intentional thing to review. But he there was no he didn't need to, to do the swim move, which almost moved Assad into his elbow. That was not necessary at all. That was him just giving him a little nudge to say, hey, I'm going to be here on your butt 
all day and Assad sold it because he's a flopper. You could do that with certain people. You can't do that to people like the Don Dwyer, to an Assad. They're going to sell it to the 100%. That's what I'm saying. It sucks. It's unfair. I'm just saying that that's the reality we're in. Are we not well, getting Dom screwed Dwyer took calls? An elbow to Are the we head getting... from the DC guy? <laughs> yeah, I know, but he, but he's wearing I'd purple, love to see so him it doesn't call count that against us. You know? Yeah, but we, we have he one got, flopper that's just as good. But let me. Yeah, ask yeah, you this. we we don't we don't get enough of those. So what? And um, what I was gonna say is uh, not go ahead, JJ. I'm sorry. Um, what I was gonna say is I disagree with you, Eddie. It's soccer. Soccer, the rules got to stand. I don't care if you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you're. Alex, the swag brown playing in the Central Florida Soccer League on a Sunday. The rule is a rule. It's a rule. Everybody should follow the rules. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I'm sure. You, you know, it's not that because it's Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm going to give you a yellow and it's the World Cup. No. They should have, you know, if Mark Geiger gave him a yellow, and I hate to say it, he should have gotten the yellow. or He should have even gotten maybe nothing because it does not look intentional. That foul does not look intentional. Maybe if Pino would have stayed on the ground, would that have made a difference? When Acosta tripped him, with Pino holding his leg and saying, ow, I hurt my leg, the ref would have stopped the game there and said, hey, hold up, let me go and review that. I mean, when is it going to be to the point when the ref's going to say, hold up, is the guy flopping or is it real true? You know, I, I I don't have an answer. I don't know how we 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 change the league. It, it seems so blatant and obvious that uh, we get shafted on calls all the time, and nothing has changed. So I don't know how we say, "Hey, enough already." I have no idea how we do that. I'm just talking about the context. I'm with you, JJ. Rules should be transcendent, should be hard and 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 direct. This is what it is. This is a red card worldwide. But that's just not how it works. Two plus two is four, but in soccer. Two plus two. If Ronaldo says it's five, and it's the World Cup, it's five. Okay. If 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 if, if Higuita says two plus two is four, and he's wearing purple, the, the refs are going to say no, it's five. And if Atlanta says two plus two is six, they're going to say you're right, and here's a penalty kick. You know, that's just the the that's the reality of the world. And speaking of of uh, Igita and his propensity for files and stuff like that, uh, Yuri Rossell has more yellow cards uh, per ninety minutes this year than Igita. Uh, Igita hasn't had a red card since 2016. Uh, until recently, Yoshi had more yellows per per 90 um, with uh, Den Igita. In that, the way we've played, the way we've set up under Heath, uh, Christ, and even O'Connor, that midfield is requiring uh, a lot of um, a lot of one on one, a lot of you know recovery, a lot of tough choices and tough tackles and sometimes you make a, a, a professional foul and that becomes a yellow so not all yellows are are equal so that that hey, if you just throw a number and just say yellow and blah 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 you're not paying attention to the context of the game so i don't really re- want to hear that personally all right let's listen to what james o'connor had to say about var and uh let's hit it let's hear james i mean obviously gutting i think when you play like that uh, with 10 men Get back into the game 2-2, create some chances, have a bit of an opportunity at the end, and then, you know, I mean, it, it turns into a farce. I don't know, you know, we're, we're stopping them, we're going to a TV screen, I mean, who knows, who knows. I haven't seen any, I haven't seen the sending off, I haven't seen, you know, whether it's onside or offside, but I think the rules are, if it's clear and obvious, then, you know, then get involved. But So I don't know, we'll have to see it all and see what happens. All right, so there's James O'Connor. Uh, I agree with him, you know. I totally agree with the guy. 
you know, it has to be, there's too much stoppage. When you go five times to the VAR in one game, and probably it was more, it, it, it's, 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 it just makes the game stale. It's a stalemate. It's just horrible. You know, you didn't see that in the World Cup. They And they used the VAR the correct way. You know, this MLS, the pro has to do something. They got to just get rid of their pride. Do it like college football. The guy goes over, doesn't even have a TV. All he's got is a headset. And there's a, a, a ref to trump all refs right in the box. And he says, hey, that was offside. Hey, that was not offside. Hey, that's a red card. Hey, that's a penalty. And whatever that guy says, goes. Period. End of discussion. And that main ref that's on the field, he's going to get his chance to go and be the VAR the next game or the game after that. But, Let me just ask a question. Who was who makes the call? Is it the fourth official that makes the call? Who was the fourth VAR official? Guy? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Who was the fourth official? It was Petrescu. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Who was the fourth official in this game that makes the decision to stop the game for VAR? Yeah, he's the one that sends the, the he sends the the whole the little buzz down to the guy and they they have a a overruling person sort of but it's just it's so unclear and then then when they have a video they don't even look at it sometimes they're just looking at the TV replay they don't have like actual slow motion like the NFL it's just it, like James O'Connor said it's a farce what they're using is they're trying to use VAR to bail themselves out of decisions and then things that are in doubt sort of they're going to to VAR when as James O'Connor says in another um, in the same interview, says against the Galaxy um, when they took away a goal, they uh, or LAFC or whatever, they said it had to be clear and obvious um, error. And th- what was clear and obvious about that? Acosta's goal with, that they they overturned that it was initially called offsides. I mean, what was was that clearly on? I mean, why why waste time with VAR and all that? It's it's just making the game slow, robotic, and taking out the human element. Because they're not having any cojones on any decision. Everything is just, just VAR to bail them out. And, and I, I just don't like it. It's, it's being used wrong. The and World if Cup. If you're going to use VAR, Cup, yeah. If you're going to use VAR, make sure there's cameras in every angle to make sure things are used correctly. VAR is used correctly. Now, yeah, and that if you're, you can use VAR, goal, put the money into put money into VAR to make it work. In the World Cup, VAR was used great. The only thing they had they got wrong was handballs. They, they seemed to get those calls wrong. But everything else, they, they, they were pretty much spot on. How are you going to use VAR and have your camera in the 50-yard line to see if Acosta is offsides or not? To me, you can't call that. You know, you can't call that if that's correct or not. So, I don't know. Alex, do you have anything on any more input on this uh, VAR? Crap? I mean, JJ, they probably didn't call that, and it was called on the on the pitch a goal, not offside. So they couldn't figure it out, and that's why they did it. Um, that I mean, it would be nice. VAR is not only ruining the game; not only does it make it more un- unenjoyable to watch. Only in MLS, I might say, because it was actually the quite opposite feeling for watching it. And, and even when I watch neutral, I mean, I, I'm an avid watcher of MLS, you know, and I watch neutral games and, and, and when I see the VAR and, and, and everything come in, it just, it sucks in the MLS and it's not fun. doesn't matter if it's Orlando City, but it makes it so much worse that it seems like every decision absolutely screws us. I mean, if this town has one more Columbus crew game where, where that BS 
uh, penalty, that flop was called, that drastically altered the game. Or one more of the LAFC or the LAFC offside games, or one more of what happened on Saturday. You know, they're going to lose it. This place is going to lose it. Pro referees, they got to get their stuff together. Uh, I hope the front office is getting their stuff together because at this point, it's almost becoming a lawsuit. I mean, it's literally has to almost be a lawsuit. Uh, towards what's going on. I mean, that, that's that's all I can think of. They just hired that lawyer. I'm hoping it has something to do with that because the negligence, like you guys say, I mean, to me, that's negligent. You guys want to use VAR. FIFA is mandating MLS to use VAR, right, to try it out. Why don't we have all the angles? Why do we only base it off of three or four cameras? Why not go and spend the money and have 12 cameras, 15 cameras that are at both end lines and, and, and every line that's on the pitch. And, and why not actually invest the money? Because they're doing this the way that they're doing it. It's just half-assed. It's not working. And it's not getting it done, period. And, and the fact that it screws over OC most of the time just makes it that much worse. Yeah, and the fact that, that yes, it's going to cost money to invest in that many cameras and slow motion and all that junk and have a central command like the NFL does. But how much money are they losing in bad press and in how everyone worldwide is viewing this league as just shambolic and embarrassing with call after call? You you see it on national, you know, international programs where they're, they're looking at our terrible calls for five, six, seven minutes every single week on MLS. It's just... It's just habitual now. It's just what it is. That's the MLS identity now. And you know what's going to happen? Is you're going to have these international stars. They're going to stop playing here. Look what they just did to Zlatan Ibramovic. You suspend him for not going to the MLS All-Star game? Thank you, Zlatan, for coming out and saying that this is ridiculous. I wouldn't be surprised if Zlatan says, hey, after this year, see you, peace. I'll go play somewhere else. I don't need this BS here in the MLS controlling me going to play a friendly game where I can get injured and there goes my season, you know? do If you want an all-star game, do it at the end. To me, do it at the end of the season. Do it like how they're doing it here preseason, you know, friendlies during the, the before the season starts, okay? Don't do it in the middle of a, the season M- MLS, MLS uh, all-star game where now you have your best player who can get injured Get his knee, you know, get an ACL torn or something. And guess what? Now he's out for the rest of the season. Zlatan, I'm with you. I'm a, who, and there was somebody, I think, wasn't Kaká also? I think he backed out one time or somebody else backed out three years ago. I thought it was Kaká that backed out and somebody got suspended also. I think that's BS. You can't, you shouldn't, If you, you should have an option to play in these all-star games if you want. Yes, thank you for, for saying I'm an all-star. But guess what? I'm not playing especially when my team's trying to make the playoffs, you know? Yeah, this this league just looks like it's like some kind of police state where it's just all these rulings from above, no accountability. I want yeah, Orlando City to sue. I want them either not, are they going to win? No, but I want them to to say explain this, explain this, explain how why this was clear and obvious, explain why you you reviewed this, why you didn't review this, why is this is a red, why is this a second game suspension? It, just just kind of like just have like tabs and explain all of this, explain it, and and then then you know leak it out to the public, give it to Jordan Culver, something. That's what we need to see. I don't care if we win. We just need to try to get some accountability and explanation. Don Carver just is like, hey, I'm going to get my quarter billion or whatever from FC Cincinnati and these guys, and and uh, the league's growing, and I'm I'm balling out, and I don't need to explain anything to you peons. That's what it feels like. 
I think I think it's time for Don Garber to to get out. That's my thing. It's time to bring in a different commissioner. Uh, I think thank you for everything you've done to starting the MLS, but now I think you've gotten to your point that you've lost control of it. Let's get something else, just like the United States Soccer Federation. Um, but when it, when's the bleeding gonna stop? That's my question. You know, it seems like every time there's there's some crap going on. All right, let's talk about the front office problems. That's another issue that we have here. Uh, you know, is it Budalik? Is it Leitao? Um, I heard rumors in Washington that Leitao was there. Not rumors. I, I heard that he was there and the ILF, the Iron Lion Firm, were there. And he did not even acknowledge them. Walked right by them. Did not even acknowledge them. Is there uh, is there trouble brewing between... And you don't want to piss off the supporter group okay as a front office leader uh is there something brewing you know with Leitao and Budalik and the ruckus ILF what's I mean come on you you go and you you walk you know buy them don't even acknowledge them and, and your fans just went to DC spent money to support your team and you didn't do crap come on man what's going on Alex what do you think um, for me, I mean, I, I do a lot of away trips. Uh, I never can say I've seen the CEO there. Um, but for me, the CEO thanking the the fans that are traveling and the players thanking the trail the fans that are traveling is a is a lot different. I mean, I think that if you're a CEO and you see traveling fans and you're walking around the stadium on the road, uh, an environment that I've been in, and we've all been in and you're walking around the stadium and you see guys that are in your team. You know, if you're walking around any of the other MLS stadiums and you see guys in purple, you know, I'm going, Hey, how's it going? Where are you from? You know, thanks for coming. Thanks for supporting the team. Keep walking. You know, you want to, can we get a picture? You know, granted he probably thinks, Oh, nobody knows who I am. But if you're the supporters groups, you know, you're the CEO of the club, man, go up and say, Hey, to the eight people, 10 people, 12 people that are there uh and say thanks thanks for coming it means a lot you know i know we're going through a tough time i know it's it's been tough um for me i've never been one to be upset about when players don't when players don't thank the away fans especially after a loss uh that's always you know they just gave it their all whether it looks like it or not they obviously care about losing um and i never i never expected from the the players but if i were to run into a member of the front office i would definitely expect uh you know, some sort of thank you, but which most of the times, you know, they, they, they are to make sure that, that they thank you. But overall with, with, uh, the front office situation, obviously there's a lot going on. We're making a lot of hires. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with Flavio. I don't know how much a lot that has to do with, with Lay Tao, because I'll be honest. I mean, I don't know how much longer I can see Lay Tao being in, in the, uh, in that role, unless things start flipping around, you know, Nicky Buds, mm, I, I he's a know. puppet. If you ask me, I think he's a puppet. To me, to me, I think Nicky Buds probably gone this this season. Um, somebody from the front office, if we don't make the playoffs, has to go. That's to me. That's where it's got to be. One of those three big big boys. When you're talking Flavio, who's obviously not going to go. Uh, 
Letal and Nikki Buds. One of those guys got to go. I think it's probably going to be Nikki Buds. Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, so um, I definitely think you're right, Alex. Um, we're getting a lot of questions on Twitter. There's a lot of um, momentum towards kind of Letal out and front office stuff. JJ, you, you had reported before that Alex kind of had a little panic attack or meltdown, put everybody on notice, right? And, uh, and who works for, for the team. Um, that's been, that's been confirmed, right? So we, we know the culture there isn't, isn't ideal. We've heard from a lot of people that, that, you know, some, sometimes working there is not, not the best and that's on Alex. So we've seen coaches, we've seen our third coach and we're still losing, um, and the culture just seems disconnected. Alex didn't go up to the Iron Law Firm. You know why? My opinions, because he was afraid of what they were going to say. Right? What was what was he going to say? Thanks for supporting. We, we appreciate it. Yeah. And the Iron Law Firm would have said, Yeah, we we appreciate you appreciating it, but you suck, and we need to win. Right? And then he didn't have an answer for that, and he didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to have to answer to that. So he, since he's been there, he empower. There's been a disconnection a little bit with the fan base. He hasn't done his job to to bridge that gap very very good, which is why people still want Phil and all kinds of things like that, or Phil back because he was good at that. Now, I've said it before, Phil left because he wanted to. It's time to get over that, okay? He, if he wanted to be here, he could have been. He made a choice. I'm not going to make it more personal than that, but I don't think they kicked him out. Um, Nicky Buds is, I don't know how much of it is his fault, to be honest. I don't know how much of an asset he is to to actually worry about him or to keep him. He's made some seemingly good calls. Good signings El Munir. O'Neal looks like a, a good find and a great contract. Amro, um, things like that. But he's had some some misfires too. So he, I don't think he's that solid where we have to keep him. I do think Flavio could could really gain some favor himself if he moved on from Alex. I think Alex is a friend and was an agent, but maybe he hasn't done something like this and in the States. And it's a little different here, and uh, he might be in, over his head. I think firing Alex would, would be what I would do if I were Flavio. That would be a, a nice scalp for the supporters group. Indication that you're taking things seriously. You're holding people accountable. And um, that's 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 what I would do personally. And then, you know, what I think, too, with O'Connor, we found out that the supporters group had a meeting with him, what, yesterday, right? With, with the club. And I think they talked to O'Connor. I think you're seeing Alex as the face less and less. With Christ, he was everywhere. You saw him a lot. I think they're phasing out Alex as the face of the club, or um, at least PR-wise. And James O'Connor is that face. And I think that's an easier way to fade out Alex to have some background role or something like that. I agree. Um, Alex Leitao, to me, listen... I, I go back to my Carnero days, and uh, I hate to always bring that word up because the fans are the ones that got rid of Carnero, okay? Uh, who knows where we would have been. So, and Phil Rollins, he got rid of himself, just like you said, uh, Eddie. He left. He, you know, he went. He could have stayed. Um, he just didn't want to show face, to be honest, here in Orlando after what what his personal reasons were. And K still works there. I mean, that would have been super awkward. Yeah. So, um, uh, K just got Orlando City in the divorce. That's how that happened. Yeah, basically. And uh, and Leitão, 
they didn't have anybody else. Mickey Buds came in. Remember, he was the assistant general manager, or he wasn't even a GM. He came from Austin Aztecs also as the Heath guys and Phil Rollins guys. I, I remember, he was an understudy to Phil and Adrian Heath, who were GM. People keep forgetting, like, the Mateos and those guys was, was those guys. When Rollins and Heath, when, when they got rid of Carnero, they're like, we'll take care of it, and then they brought in trash. Yeah. So, and then... This was a mess, and then all of a sudden, here comes Flavio. He's trying to fix up his uh, this place, and he brings his buddy, Alex Leitao, who was good friends with Kaká also. Well, now we know that an agent shouldn't be uh, running a team, and the reason why an agent shouldn't be running a team, look at Orlando City. Look who is part owner of this team, uh, Mueller and the Beswick group. And look who who is being uh, all the players that are coming. They're from the Beswick group, okay? And the coaches. coaches. Yeah. Go ahead. And the coaches, yeah, the, everybody. The assistant coach we just brought in that that was with Portland, he's a Beswick guy too. Doesn't mean he's not qualified. He's just saying that. It that, doesn't like, mean that is whatsoever. Our, is, our, is our scouting network in, our, in our, our, our board meetings, is that our scouting network, you know? Is that 75% of it right there? You know, compare that to Man City to, to Man City's network and NYFC and these guys that they find out of nowhere. That is our problem right there. Until that gets fixed, until that gets that's fine. Gary Mueller could be our part uh, minor owner or whatever, but don't mix agency, uh, your agent, sports agent with the team and sign everybody on your because they can't go anywhere else. That is the problem. Until that gets fixed, mark my words, Orlando City will not go anywhere until we get somebody here that will go and scout not in the Beswick group. It's happened in Europe and it's happened in Portugal plenty of times. Sporting Lisbon had the president of the club who was an agent also. Guess what? He he signed his own players. Guess who was making the money? He was because he's signing his own players and everything. Like I said, till Beswick's is cleared out and fixed up here in Orlando City, we're going to be in this mess forever. So... That's my point. Let's fix this thing up with Mueller and the Beswick group. And, and it's getting more and more depressing to, to keep seeing our former players do well. Brian Roach, has, as Cleon pointed out, just scored a brace in the you know first division in Portugal against Braga. Um, Kyle Lahren just started the Super Cup for Besiktas. I mean, there's, there's other players. Aaron, Aurelian Collins done done fine with the Red Bulls. And, and stuff like that. It's just frustrating how, how many misfires we've had. It's just... It's just it's FC sickening. twenty. Even though it's the second division in uh, in Holland, FC twenty. Rafael Ramos has just signed with them. Strilla with Verzin in Portugal. I mean, I could go on and on. Like you said, Roches played a great game this week, and I saw the game. Phenomenal player. You know, we didn't give the time for this guy, and you know, he just basically left, went to Portugal, was in the second division. Now he's playing in the Premier League in Portugal with Nacional. So. We need to give time to these players. We need to stop getting these players that nobody else wants and Mueller wants to make money off of. Until we get that fixed, we're going to be what we are. And well, speaking of players, we have some you know recent news here with potential signing from um, FBC Melgar, um, who was on loan with Alianza Lima, uh, Carlos Askews. 
Um, he, we, um, we had looked like that was a done deal, right? Alianza Lima announced that he was going to Orlando City. All the Peruvian stuff confirmed he was coming here. And then after some um, enough publicity online, the Orlando City, through Jordan Culver, acknowledged that they're working on that. And now that looks like that's stuck because, according to the Peruvian outlets, um, FPC Melgar... Um, missed up some paperwork, and or we didn't meet the deadline. So I mean, it's just a frustrating thing. I mean, what do how you guys think it, about how that? How did we meet? Not meet the deadline. I'm sorry. There's a transfer window. <laughs> That's just front office again, not knowing what the heck to do. I, I you like know, we were just talking about. Yeah, I don't know what's their fault, or they just didn't push Melgar enough. You know, part of me, not to be a conspiracy theorist here. But this happens in 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 these 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 like countries like Peru and these these leagues like that, where um, all the Peruvians have told me, and this is where Spanish has been a great asset. <laughs> so um, on this uh, story, um, that he probably would have never left Alianza Lima. That's his club, his childhood club. That's like where his heart is. They just won a championship. He would have never left Alianza Lima to go back to FPC Melgar. So I feel like FPC Melgar might have even just kind of scammed us where they're scammed Alianza Lima where where they got their player back and they own him and they got him back on loan and they're just going to keep him now so there are reports saying that there's a chance that we we could still put this through they're going to investigate FIFA and USSF or whatever are going to investigate how they missed this up who who knows but I mean what a mess I mean we we, would have been a positive ray of sunshine if we would have gotten you know a player to look forward to and we can't even get that right let me ask you a question. Didn't Kyle Laren go to Turkey and he didn't care? And look where he's doing. He's playing in Turkey right now. You know, why can't uh, Carlos, <laughs> we do the same thing. And that's why we got the lawyer probably. Because it's a lot easier to get into Turkey than it is in the United States. Oh, that's true. Good point there. <laughs> Let's not talk political now. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Look, look, I have, look, I... I have some Peruvian family. We could have made it happen. A couple phone calls, you know. I got a, I got a room. I could have housed Carlos Askews. We could have made it work, man. Just, just go to Disney for for a week and never, never leave. I, I can't confirm or deny that some of my wife's family have done that. <laughs> uh, hey, talking about players, what happened in that locker room at the end of the DC United game? I heard uh, there was a little spats going on. A little. Uh, pushing and shoving, a lot of arguing. We don't know who it was. That hasn't come out yet. But I'm assuming, you know, everybody was at Will Johnson and going after knowing Will Johnson's history with uh, Atlanta United game, you know, from the dive and other personal reasons. I'm assuming that he did go off on these players also. Uh, is the locker room lost, do you guys think? is it, Or is it just a isolated incident after what happened in DC on that game. What do you guys think? Part of me thinks that it wasn't Will Johnson, uh, just because he was, I mean, what are the guys going to say to him? I mean, the guy, the guy was already literally at rock bottom, <clears throat> you know, Oh, you don't even have to say anything to him. You just got to look at him. You know what I mean? Uh, so part of me thinks they steer cleared away from him. Um, part of me thinks it might've been something involved with like, you know, Mueller for leaving the guy on side or getting toppled by a five foot three dude. 
Mueller's small, but he's not he's not Lucha Acosta small. Um, you know, it could have been Bendic. a new a new Bendik, you know, Bendik era, that's a big thing too. Um but overall, I mean, unless Will Johnson tried to defend any of his actions, which he may have, and, and if he did try and defend any of his actions, the team is totally right to go off on him. Um overall, you know, we've been saying it gets worse before it gets better and I think that, you know, I, it can't get much, I mean, how much worse can it get? So, yeah, I don't have any really problem with them fighting. I, th- I think they need to let some emotions out. And if, if if you blew three points for us on the road, I would want you to be held accountable. And that's what Will Johnson did. I mean, you literally, I'm going to print that out and, like, take that around. I mean, anybody that knows soccer, you're like, hey, the goalkeeper's over here. The net's empty. The game's tied. Do you, like, this is an easy win. And you just gave it away, so... I, Does he per- have a left foot? Does Johnson have a left foot? Just to walk on. That's it. Because okay. <laughs> I don't think the problem was I think he couldn't pass the ball and couldn't shoot it with his left, and Rooney had already got him blocked with the right foot. That's so embarrassing because literally, <laughs> like I don't even play soccer, and I never played soccer as a kid. Never. Okay, I never like except in like fifth grade extended day, like when the fence. <laughs> was our goal. You know what I mean? And and recess. Like, that's literally every kid's dream. It's like being in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded and it's a World Series and you want to hit the grand slam. Like, what else is your dream? It's two to two. The game's tied. There's an empty net and you're at midfield. To kick the freaking ball. Like, like to score the goal. To score the game-winning goal. That's your dream. That's kid. Like, did like the fact that Will Johnson didn't even dream about that is why all he got was MLS in his career. That's it. Hey, and, and to add to that, Alex, you're at the bottom of the ninth, your base is loaded, and then they, they, they throw you a little lobbed meat pitch right down the middle. And then you just you just you just dink it. You dink it to the you, you dink it to the to the um to the catcher and then he gets a he gets a triple play and you lose. Like that's God. that's the equivalent. My buddy and like, I are watching the game, we're like, Is there a goalkeeper up? Why is there why is there a goalkeeper up right? Oh my god. Why is their goal? And then we we get it. And then it literally not only do they have to be stupid enough for it to bring the goalkeeper up, but then the corner kick has to go exactly in your favor to where you can start a break. Like everything fell in our way. They're like, "Here, Will Johnson, break the slump. Here you go." And then Here's he literally break, found a way to still blow it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're like, we don't get breaks. Maybe we do. We just can't do anything with them. Hey, you know, and yeah. and, and, and O'Connor, O'Connor. I would love to see the teams that give us breaks that we've been giving them well there one was buddy it was right there yeah. and look what we yeah. did freaking and, you embarrassing know, and hands <laughs> off to o'connor we were we were down a man and we still carried an offense and dom had a great goal a great assist by yuri and the team kept fighting you know so i, I think the i think the fight is kind of good i think the team cared and they probably realized season's over, but they, they cared enough to to kind of you know ha- dwell on the loss instead of just moving on. I, I bet you someone told Will like, "Bro, you know, come on." And he was just like, he probably took it as, "Are you doubting my effort? Are you doubting my care? Uh, you're doubting my heart?" And you're like, "No, we're doubting your ability to hit the ball into empty net or to kick the ball into eighty yards of space so that somebody could run on like, it." You know, but I'm glad they like fought because you know what? When, uh, yeah. When Will was a kid, did he just dream about like making tackles and like clean sheets? Like what? 
<laughs> yes, that's what he did. That's what he did. Like, he dreamt about, he, he about, you know, clean tackles, stepping in, you know, um, stealing a ball in middle, middle of the pitch and then turning sideways and passing it sideways so that you could rotate the ball all over again. And, you know, I'm glad they fought because whoever fought, uh, you know, most fights, there's a winner and a loser. And whoever won, at least won because the team hasn't won anything. At least that guy won at something. That's true. But also, Ambro Tarek in, uh, during the game, along with Muhammad El Munir, they yeah. were going at it. And that first goal. Also. Yeah, let's talk about the first yes. goal, guys. That was the last second of the first half. Mo, Mo tries to do a 360 Techers, you know, like he's on, like, you know, you, when you're blowing, like, the FIFA when you go to, like, the Brazil favela and the Alex Hunter thing, where you're, like, trying to do spin moves. <laughs> he does that and gets the ball taken away. Before that, he got it taken away, right? And, um, and then then Mohammed, and then Amro gets blown by, but it was Mo's fault in the first place. And then Mo plays the Mo and, and Shane O'Neill um, play the second the Ocosta onside, or at least O'Neill plays him onside and Mo doesn't pick him up. I don't know who's at fault there. But after the first goal, Mo and Amro are, are fighting, right? And then and Mo's just like, Yeah, forget you. And then then the the thing someone brought to my attention that I didn't notice was like all we had to do was take our time throwing it out of bounds. And the half is over, and we go zero zero at a halftime. That would have changed the game. Like those are little things that an intelligent team does. Intelligent players, and some of our players just don't have good IQs. Man, you go out there, you do the whole thing that you see Atlanta and other teams do. You go to throw it out of bounds. You can say, no, 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 not you. The guy on the other side of the field could throw it in. And then when he gets there, he's like, no, no, I can't throw. I, I my hand, something's wrong. That guy throws it in, and you spend a minute, and then boom, halftime. You know that that would have been smart. one thing about. One thing about Shane O'Neill is that I've learned that he's got dumbbells for feet. So I, I put that goal on him. He's not moving anywhere. He's not very fast. I haven't seen much from Shane O'Neill, to be honest. Really, with you. I think he's quick feet in small space. I don't think he he could he could you know he could he has long strides or like a quick stride. I think you know he has quick feet to to, to kind of stick a stick a foot in and steal it away, but. Him and Amro have some, you know, I don't feel terrible about them together. So much well, for I'm gonna, Sané. I'm, gonna... I, I'm pretty sure that Sané doesn't have a – like, I hate to doubt players' injuries, but, like, when we when he first came in, this was a thought about him, about his commitment to the team and, like, and like how he is when things get tough with, this, with the team. And now here we are where he has a quad injury that's been, like, undisclosed and just hanging out and not showing up. And, like, I don't know. I think that he's – probably going to be a bust it'll probably be good that we got him on for free yeah i, I think at the end you know he, he showed lack of effort a lot of times and like jogging back and being slow to react and that now the this quad injury is taking a quad of the season it's ridiculous just just like uh you said eddie um there is no intelligent people on this team that well, there's goal a couple. I say none. that goal in the first half it was a mistake by that throw-in. Remember that. And like you said, you know, there was times, there was a ways that we could have basically, you know, uh, maybe switch it, maybe even pretend to be injured, something just to kill the half and get yeah. it over and done Mo with. just could have ricocheted off of one of the DC guys and thrown it in again and said he, said he tries to spin move. And don't forget, we got the throw-in. They got the throw-in after we got a throw-in and lost it. You know, oh, it's ridiculous. Just things. All right. Well, now we're two weeks off. We're going to be two weeks off. Something close to two weeks off. 
And the boys all decided to get on a bus today and head down to Bradenton, Florida to the IMG Academy. Will this bring the bond better? You know, their bond, their friendship, because <laughs> I'm fighting and everything. Will it bring him closer? You know, like uh, you guys are stating, James O'Connor has done that with Louisville City, brought them down to Bradenton and everything. Will it be something, hopefully, that works out in our favor? You know, taking them away from Orlando, going down there and trying to do something. What do you guys think? Definitely will be a positive. Uh, I don't think this is as much for the team aspect as it is as much for James O'Connor to separate the the guys who want to be here from the guys who don't want to be here. Uh, I think they're going to get their butts worked off. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some team building going on, but it's going to be a lot of prove yourself. You know, there's going to be a lot of you better prove yourself here uh, because we got 10 games left. We're pretty much out of it. And, you know, some of these guys like Sané, you know, if you don't get healthy, man, who's going to pick you up? You just failed in the MLS for the worst team. Like, like, like you're you're not gonna make a lot of money going from here. Like, and that's goes the same for everybody. So this is gonna be a lot of self reflection. Look in the mirror. Who do you want to be? And do you want to take this team to greatness? And if not, you need to let us know. And that's why I think O'Connor's doing this. Um, and hopefully it it results in stuff. But overall, I mean, I'm not too. I, I like what I see from the team under James O'Connor. I think I see a lot more than I ever saw under Jason Christ, which is promising. But that's not necessarily promising for this year. I think we're we're gone far beyond repair for this year, and I think it's just uh, time to just settle up some loose ends. And I think this is part of that. Eddie, yeah, I think you guys brought up a great point. This is at this point, um, it, it can be a team building thing. Uh, how much does that matter at this point? I don't know, but I do think he's going to work them hard. Um, Jordan on Cooper, when we and I did the interview with the Derby City Ultras, Louisville FC um, folks, Louisville City FC, he said that they go to IMG and he works them to death. You seen the effectiveness of that trap that we did at times, where we we would trap people high up. If you want to see a comparison of the EPL, there are different kind of traps and press, like like you know um, Tottenham or, or Liverpool and things like that. But this is more like you uh, Emery style. He's using Arsenal kind of quick traps up top. You win the ball up high. I don't know if we have the fitness or the players to be able to pull that off right now. I think IMG is going to be where O'Connor sees who can play that way, who can play a style, who wants to try to to take it to the next level. This is a, a the the season's almost over. There's going to be some tire legs. There's going to be there's going to require some real guts and heart to actually work as hard as you need to. It's almost like a second preseason, I bet, you know, where he's going to drill these the, these guys uh, you know, to, to, to the death so it, things become habitual or his system becomes habitual and the effort that he requires for that system becomes tested and imprinted into these players so I think after a couple of days of IMG for a lot of these players it's going to be OMG oh my god oh <laughs> oh man that was that was that was good Eddie, I was about to say uh, only you, Eddie. You said only that you. that he wants to use the Arsenal press, but we don't have the fitness. He he wants to use the Arsenal press, but we don't have the fitness or the uh, the talent to do that. It 
They don't kind either, of sounds yeah. like Arsenal, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. But he just got there, so <laughs> Arsenal ran the most the most of any team last week. But they don't have all the entire personnel to to quite pull that off yet. But you can see how it was effective against Man City in moments. You can see how it was effective against DC in moments when we won the ball high, where there's Igita up there and stuff like that. And we get players like Yoshi back. Um, um, that'll let Yuri be able to do his thing and sit deeper. And you you can see some positive from that. So, but you need to be able, can we keep that up? You know, this team worked hard for for 90 minutes and they were down 10 men for most of it. And, but they they couldn't press the whole time because their fitness isn't there yet. So, so it takes time. These systems take a while to get there. Look at Man City. It took them eight, what, 16 months or something to get rolling. Like Pep wanted them to get rolling. Yeah. Look at Wolverhampton. My team. Yeah. That's your team. Okay, cool. (laughs) Hey, I'm in third place <laughs> in our fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suck at EPL fantasy. I'm the worst. <laughs> all he right, picks guys. all the Arsenal players. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Liverpool is potentially might win a trophy in the first time in 20, 30 years or something. Besides that, uh, the choke job with Kakazi AC Milan in the Champions League, I guess. But in regards to the EPL, I don't think you guys have won maybe once since I've been alive, and you guys are, are, are riding on a high horse. The Arsenal's not good now. Yeah. You're better, but don't forget, don't forget where you guys have been, where you guys came from. If not, hey, don't forget, don't forget. I'm not going to let you slip like Gerard did. Okay, you're gonna <laughs> not going to let you forget. <laughs> I'm going to make a bold prediction here, guys. Yeah. My Wolves will be seated higher, will finish higher than Liverpool. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. Wow. Okay, well, we're getting off the podcast now. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit that out. And yeah, you we'll that. I think Liverpool and, uh... is in top, top three. At, top, yeah, Liverpool is top three at worst, at worst this year, I think. Right, well, anyways, guys, guys, guys have so, anything else? Yeah, I was just going to say that this Askew's fellows, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about him. He was a, a striker for a bit. He's had a, a, about a dozen caps with the Peruvian national team. Uh, he, he, had, he was on Wolfsburg and Benfica, so there's obviously some upside there. Didn't quite work out, which is why he's coming to MLS. He's 26, you know. Um, the Peruvians have a positive impression of MLS. A lot of it's because of Yoshi and Rui Diaz in Seattle, stuff like that. So they're viewing this as a step up from from playing in their league. And so I think they want this. I think the um, Asquez people want this to happen at some point. Maybe we could figure out and bring them bring them the next window or something. But the, a lot of the people there have said he, he could play a center back because he's 6'2". He could play as a 6, but he's pretty good with the ball. So a lot of people like him as an 8. I don't know. O'Connor's been playing a six in front of the back line. Maybe he could play that. Um, with Sane um, hurt and being a bust so far and Spectre's issues, we can still use other center backs. As Alex said, O'Neal hasn't been like a super stud or anything like that. And Amro's still on the loan from what I could tell. So I, I think he, he could be positive from there, and we'll see. We'll, we'll keep, follow us on Orlando Lions then and uh, JJ on his account and Alex and myself and uh, – and see, you know, we'll keep you guys updated as best we can. Yeah, and uh, to to talk more about uh, him is he really got his name and where he got, you know, where, where people started to really enjoy him. Uh, and I think um, Scout Him was after the Copa America in 2015. That was held in Chile. Um, yeah, Peru got third played. place. 
Yeah, he took prove it took third place, and he was. I think he started every game for them uh, at center back in that tournament. So um, he's he's a center back. He likes to attack, though. Uh, I think he could play a great role to be, you know, where if you want to run the three five uh, two or the three four three, you know, I see it more of a three five two ish, really. Uh, but basically, what I'm saying is, you start with four in the back. Asquez plays the defensive mid, uh, that holding position. And if you need to go attacking and you need to go three in the back, then you could slide him back to that center back position and bring your fullbacks uh, up the pitch. You know, And that, that gives you a lot of versatility, and I think that's right up O'Connor's alley, and I think that's what O'Connor wants. O'Connor wants that versatility to be able to change from that four in the back to the three in the back when you need it, and vice versa. Right now we're doing that with Tony Rocha, so you know that's, it's Tony Rocha. Enough said. And uh, like I stated, um, also during this time, um, you guys, everybody's wondering about you know our partnership with Stoke, with uh, Benfica, and with the Brazilian team down there. Uh, this is actually um, from Benfica. This is uh, from inside source that I have that this was actually. Um, was being scouted by Benfica so uh to take him actually to Portugal but they helped out Orlando City with this and with the scouting so that's is where this is where that partnership works with uh, Benfica with scouting and everything so this was as he did play in Benfica but he pl- played on Benfica B on the B team in the second division uh for a whole season and back in 2000, I want to say 12, I think it was. So this was all partnership with Benfica on this to uh, from the scouts, from their scouts and working with Orlando City uh, scouts that they have. So this was a partnership kind of a thing with Benfica, just to let everyone know. So hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, it works out. Hopefully... Uh, uh, Stoke City and other teams that we have partnerships will come out and hopefully it's not uh, from the Beswick group and it will be good (laughs) Amen to that (laughs) Alright guys well it's that time We got Atlanta United next without probably uh, without Yoshi probably without Igita so uh, you know if you're a praying type this next uh, couple weeks uh, prayers up <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll talk about that next week about that game and see how that goes in our preview for next. Hopefully week. by next week we'll have more info on the Carlos Asquez situation. Correct, and like Eddie says, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Alex was the first one to break it. I then went on with um, with my people and, t- and heard that it was from scouting from Benfica. So always. Look at us at Twitter, Orlando Lions Den. Follow myself, follow Alex, follow Eddie, follow Cleon. We all got news. Alex Ryder. Yeah, we all got news, so just follow us. We have our, uh, basically, our guys walking around, our people walking around, getting information. So, And, yes, Jordan Culver. We were actually one of the first ones to report it. Next time, give us credit. Oh, okay. I got an update. I got an update. He he responded to to me and he said he he he'll keep an eye out. Uh, you know, because you know there was another guy domestically too who he didn't credit. So 
um, I told him that's where we we first saw it. That's where Alex first got it from, that Montavon guy or whatever his name was, Diego Montavon, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I I wasn't saying like you know for us. I was saying more for Diego or whatever. And and uh, Cover said like like kind of thanks and that he you know he, he's monitoring all that stuff and he'll keep an <laughs> he'll keep an eye out for it and all that. Jordan Cover's well, cool guy, very... cool guy. No, leave him alone. Yeah, he's he's a cool. cool guy. Pro Jordan. All right, I'll leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to have the same relationship that I have with Paul Tenorio. Oh. <laughs> and, hey, and, hey, and, hey, did you see Jordan. did you see the Agent Heath thing or or like w- there was some some news in, in Minnesota when they got rid of Christian Ramirez. Who's the first person who's the first person that got that? Paul Tenorio. Oh, everything yeah, Heath. Oh, everything Heath, Paul Tenorio, yeah. Yeah, I'm, so. I I uh, poor my sources, Paul Tenorio knew the the name of Baby Heath before Adrian knew the name of Baby Heath. <laughs> he oh, he was man. he was at the gender reveal party. He was he, you know he's the one that made it happen. <laughs> and don't worry, you don't have to pay for information on Orlando Lions, <laughs> unlike uh, Paul Tenorio's uh, a site athletic. that you have to pay to read the rest of the article. Speaking of athletic guys, I would like to announce that I too am joining the athletic because everybody else is right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, guys. All right, no guys. Fun. Well, it was great. Uh, remember, follow us on Orlando at Orlando Lions Den on Twitter or follow myself, Jason, JJ Jose, Alex, the Swag Brown, or Eddie, the Commish, Alex Ryder, and Cleon one on uh, Twitter. We all, like I said, we have plenty of news and things that are happening. Uh, for myself, Eddie. You're good? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Thanks for being patient um, with the episode this week. And next week we'll have a more full house or fuller house and some more cool stuff to talk about. Alex? Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, trust me, you know, it gets harder for us to gather and do this uh, with the, the the worst of team plays, but we do it for our listeners uh, and, you know, to keep it up in hopes that one day we'll be doing a podcast for a MLS Cup champion team so that's that's what yes. we look for all right guys and thank you everybody again for listening to orlando lines din podcast until next week so long guys see ya thanks for listening to the orlando lions den podcast until next time be sure to check us out on twitter and facebook and at orlando lions den.com